Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I are joined by Ed Diaz as we talk about the close to our series, Living Hope. We also talk about our favorite parts of Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. Uh, we are welcome today. This is the first time I think we've had a guest with the two while. of us, John. Yeah. Uh, Ed Diaz is back in the armchair with me. Ed Diaz is in oh, the house. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. You and I have spoken one-on-one on the podcast, um, but I don't think we've done – I don't know that we've ever had a guest. I think we did once. With all three of all us? Three was, of it, us was, was it? Was it? Okay, well, my, listen, I – I'm such a, lot a highlight old, I'm a lot, in my life. I remember greatly. I'm a, lo- a lot older than I look, and so we're in, we're somewhere around 100 podcasts in. So, somewhere yeah. we're we're getting close. We're not quite at 100. I'm 96, 97 today. Um, but I'm glad to have you here, Ed. You helped finish out a series uh, called Living Hope. John did finish out a series, a series he's been preaching through. You had to finish out a series you haven't been preaching through. So we're going to talk about some of the challenges with related to that in just a moment. But before we do that, because next week we're not going to be recording an episode of Armchair Preaching, I'm headed out of town. Um, I won't be back until the first Sunday in Advent. I'll be preaching the first Sunday in Advent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, we want to just talk about Thanksgiving for a second. We've done this in the awesome. past. Um, it's a f- great holiday, great time to gather with family, great time to be focused on gratitude. So, Ed, I'll just kick it off with you. When you think of Thanksgiving, your favorite things about Thanksgiving, favorite portions of the meal, favorite moment in the gathering, what, what, you guys have a big family, so what do you guys do typically? Well, I, I go back to my childhood. Uh, we lived in the same home with my grandparents, and I had an uncle, uncle, bachelor uncle, who was my roommate. He was actually a Pearl Harbor survivor. Uh, my grandmother was the cook for all eight of us. Uh, and to be honest, she was a terrible cook, <laughs> but she was a great baker. And oh, so my God. favorite portion of the meal was uh, the pumpkin pie. Oh, and yeah. for whatever reason, somewhere along the line, my grandmother figured out that if you put coconut in the pumpkin pie, it actually gives you texture and moisture. And so to this day, I have a sister who kindly calls about a month before Thanksgiving and says, how many pumpkin pies would you like? How many with coconut and <laughs> how many without? grandma's recipe. So when I see the pumpkin pie show up with coconut in it, I know it's Thanksgiving, and I have great memories of that as a child. I don't know that I've ever heard of that, coconut and no, pumpkin pie. So do, I think does it, it just, have the consistency? Do you, have, do you feel it, like the yeah, it, it chewiness has, of it, like it, it, coconut? It's, well, it's not so mushy, uh, but the coconut has the consistency, kind of like Anything coconut is in it's. If you love coconut, it's great. If you don't love coconut, not so much. Not so, so much. Yeah. But I, that's uh, you know this podcast is now turned into a uh, cooking cooking yeah. show. podcast. Yes. So a little Culinary hint for cooking people. with Ed's sister. That's cooking, it. cooking with Ed's grandmother, who is a terrible cook but a great yes. baker. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Any any other favorite moments on Thanksgiving when people show up? You know, Thanksgiving when my kids were young was always fun because everyone was there. Yeah. And now that they're grown, it's always a matter of. Who's uh, whose up? home are we going to? Because we have the smallest home. Uh, my kids all yeah. have larger homes. So getting the, the dynamics of all that, because some of the daughters-in-law have families that eat in the at noon. Some of the daughters-in-law uh. have families that eat at night. <laughs> oh, wow. Some yeah. of the daughters-in-law have families that eat Friday. So it's always a jumble, and I always just wait 
for my wife to tell me where I need to be and when. <laughs> this is where you sit, Ed, yes. right here. And we take the pies with us. Hey, you take the pies with you. That's this great. Important, that's the important thing. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. yeah. What about you, John? I know we've probably talked about this we before, have. but I, I think it's a good to re-up. before about, uh, about cranberry sauce. Mm. Canned versus the whatever the other jelly kind. versus buried jelly versus buried cranberry sauce and yeah. uh, and I'm, I was the strange one I, I maybe it's just because you grow up with it but your know, mom would go to the base exchange the BX and yeah. she would get the canned jelly and it would have know, the it have the lines and, 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 lines, it and you slice it all <laughs> off there and for some reason I mean I've had the the buried ones and that's really really good but I still love the the jelly the cranberry sauce I'm yeah. with you and then the lines help you know where to cut that's right that's right it's I just I just thought precise. it looked, I just thought it looked cool you know with the can. <laughs> It looked like the can, like the, the inside of the can. It had that that sound. I, I'm not a cranberry sauce fan. I, I things of that consistency just they turn. Well, because my, my grandmother was such that. a bad cook, she would always burn the turkey. So oh, the cranberry yeah. sauce was the only source of moisture in the meal. So it was a wonderful <laughs> dish. <laughs> no, need a lot of gravy on that, that turkey to get it. Gravy, gravy and cranberry. Gravy. Anything else, John? Oh, just you? the whole meal. I'm a, I love Thanksgiving meal. If, I, if we go down to what's the, here in town, the uh, oh, forgot the name. On, on South Florida that um, that has the, the whole home style cooking on South Florida restaurant can't draw draw a name with it right now they have a turkey meal uh, I'll eat it every time so love to, just love the whole meal even you know, outside dressing. of Thanksgiving outside so that, of Thanksgiving that's, I eat that's it all your year. meal that's yeah. your meal no oh, yeah yeah. Yeah, and I'm, then I, just gathering with family—that's you know, just, that's that's really the best part. Yeah, see, to me, I, I'm I, the meal. I, so for those that people that know me, I, they know I don't eat regular meat, right? I can't, I can't eat like poultry and steak and all that stuff. So my my Thanksgiving dinner looks different. My wife is super gracious. She is a great cook, um, too too good actually. I think because she cooks and I eat a lot, <laughs> uh, but she's so gracious because they you know she does the Thanksgiving turkeys for you know she she's the primary um, cook for for all the family and uh, so she cooks the turkeys and everything, but she makes special something for me. So typically it's like crab cakes or a salmon, Ooh. a salmon pinwheel. Have you, ever seen a, you ever seen a salmon? Yeah. Pinwheel? yeah. Sounds oh, great. Oh, that's so good. And, and then she With makes turkey gravy, of course. No, <laughs> no, that salmon pinwheel. Uh, she gets it and it's, you know, that salmon and then it's crab meat on the inside. So good. But I also like crab cakes too. So sometimes you can't get the salmon pinwheel, but then, and then, um, she makes, um, uh, homemade macaroni and cheese. Um, the first, um, 35 pounds I gained when we got married was, <laughs> was, was during the process of her, her, uh, perfecting that recipe. And, uh, uh, so she makes a ton of that. And so I usually will eat my, my Thanksgiving meal is that salmon pinwheel or the crab cakes and a half plate of, of macaroni mac and, and cheese. cheese that I keep going back for. And she said this year she's making two pans because she knows I love it so much and everybody else loves it. Last year it was all gone. I didn't get seconds, which I was okay with, but, but it, you know, but it's nice to have leftovers too. And I love the leftovers on Friday. Oh yeah. I or, love or Thursday the, night or Thursday <laughs> night or Thursday night. Yeah. That's right. And I'm, I'm a parade guy. I like the Macy's oh, yeah. parade. I like having that on in the background. Uh, at, you know, Ed, you talked about it in your sermon. I'm a football guy, so there's no football on on Thursday for us. Uh, there's football on Saturday. We play 
Auburn every year the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And uh, by the way, I heard you heard I did hear the comment as a as a guy who's been a lifelong Cowboys fan. So the, the cowgirls, uh, yeah, come in. <laughs> I was born in Fort Worth, uh, Texas, and Air Force yeah. Base there. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it, it's fun. It's a fun time. It's yeah. always a fun time. So um, yeah, and 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 really, as we kind of move into this sermon, you know, closing out this series of Living Hope, gratitude is such an amazing uh, or such an important aspect of continuing to have that hope. Ed, you really honed in on that that idea of focusing in at the beginning on the work of Jesus and and how uh, you, you put a great definition of hope is that's positive life outlook, not just for no reason, but because of what Christ has done in the past yeah. and what he will con- what he will do in yeah. the future and so much of that is related to to gratitude so I, I you know I think that's a, an appropriate um, kind of thought as we head yeah. into Thanksgiving but Ed, you were closing out a series for us what is it like for you you're a seasoned veteran at this teacher and preacher but what is it like for you to have to come in after a nine-week series have ha- having had preached none of it, and then to come in and actually have to land the entire series, what was the thought process that as you were heading into this week? Well, it was a, a lot more study than usual, yeah. and that was not a bad thing. I, I, I enjoyed not having uh, too big a passage to deal with. Mm-hmm. The breakdown was fun for me. I, I think several years ago, I came in on the end of another series, mm-hmm. and I, I was asked to preach about the kingdom of God. Yeah. yeah. A, Just I mean, a how, tiny little how topic. How many years do you have? <laughs> so hope was, was great. I love, I love Peter, you know, the apostle of hope, and it, and it fit really well with some other stuff that I'm teaching and preparing. So it, it, was, it was great to do and fun to get to do and yeah. love to be here. Yeah, yeah. And, and John, you had – the opposite because yeah. you're closing out a series that yeah. you have been involved with all but one one Sunday. Yeah. So what was it how was it for you cuz you had really you you just mentioned it before a couple minutes before we started recording you had a double ending to you had a kind of an ending to the message yeah. and then an ending to the series. Yeah. Yeah. I I call it the gospel of John ending. I got yes, the right. double, double endings chapter. Yeah. Good uh, work though. But it was uh but well for me, it's very satisfying. I'll, the answer to the question is very satisfying. To, it's, it is very satisfying to both start a series, which is where you get to frame out what's to come and work through that series, all the, except for one week, and then to close out that that series. It's a very satisfying uh, uh, work because all the you know all the scholarship that you compressed into one one week, we got we had the the advantage in some ways um, uh, or the leisure maybe is a better way of saying it of being able to, to take that week in and week out. So it's very satisfying. You feel I feel like I'm even though I've taught you know Sunday school classes on first peter in, mm-hmm. in the past there i feel like i'm closer to that text and i finally got more out of it than i've ever gotten out of it yeah so it i loved i love to preach through a book i think it yeah. forces you to deal with passages that you might otherwise ignore you just skip over it and the, the, <laughs> and the process of then it coming together is always is always such a fun thing and and i was able to piggyback on both of you yeah you know i i really said on sunday i wish you'd come and just done your first 10 minutes from the previous week because that was the background was, that yeah. i was going to go for yeah. and and again, with you, it was the, the conclusion was, you know, go, go tell somebody you love each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're talking. T- did they start kissing each other? Yeah, I you know, that actually, part. surprisingly, <laughs> uh, several people did. Yeah, I got several kisses on either cheek. It was fun. <laughs> a very European ending. I, I did, and a very, uh, a very Eastern, more of an Eastern Europe uh, uh, kind of a, a greeting than we're used to. I, I when I when I, I remember when I was in college, you know, there was a. 
kind of a tongue in cheek, no pun intended, movement towards like the holy <laughs> kiss thing. And I was like, guys, you know, this was a great yeah. joke, but we are Americans yeah. and this we, is we, we I don't know. greeting each other with a holy <laughs> kiss. We're, not, we're, we're Presbyterian Americans. We're Presbyterian <laughs> yeah, Americans. We got, we got we boundaries can, here. Yeah. Bodies. So, you know, speaking of, you know, John, you mentioned the scholarship part, and Ed, you you, you had a, a great part at the beginning, but it was interesting because it brings up kind of the point of making decisions related to scholarship, because there are a lot of debates about yeah. some of the individual things that Peter, you know, one, one he references Gentiles quite a bit in, in the passage. The other talks about Babylon. Um, there, there are different points of scholarship, like what the interpretive yeah. movement is, and John, you had a different interpretation movement from the background, and this has nothing to do with content per se, but when you guys are looking at those scholarship type things, what, you know, what is it that, that, that uh, kind of triggers you to, to land on a specific interpretation? So I'll start with you, John, like, you know, you, what is it that yeah. when you're reading and there's all these different, and Peter's very, it, it, there's a lot of that. You know, yeah, what does he mean by Gentile? What does he mean by Babylon? What, is, what does he mean? Well, the one that stood out to me was uh, was was Babylon. Yeah. Was, what is what is Babylon? I know Ed, you you know we we actually talked about it before yes. the 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 weekend. Just that you were going to land where you landed, which is that Peter is in Babylon and he's referring to his his mother in law and and uh, and I said I, I I'm going to land with with Rome, and even in that conversation there was this understanding that that is not a significant you know fact that needs to be declared to be absolute to the content of of, of Rome. We didn't say that to to each other, but that's, no, that's what I was thinking. No, I did mention both in in my message it is, you know, the, the traditional view is he's writing from Rome yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, there's no no reason to reject that outwardly, but yeah. again, if he was dealing with the the Jewish believers and he was the apostle to the Jewish believers for the most part, that would have also made sense to have a Babylon reference as well. So yeah. I just think sometimes it's good to to tweak people. It, you know, remember uh, Peter was married, even if he might have been the first. Pope. Yeah, that was good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Might have been the first what? Some people consider him to be the first pope. Yeah, the first. Well, <laughs> the, yeah, that so actually the, that actually was part of what I mean. You're sort of aware of this going in is that when you when you declare Peter to be when Babylon to be Rome and Peter writing from from Rome and Mark to be with Peter in in Rome, you have all this other. I mean, you've got. Early Eusebius and other early writers who were, who were confirming that and saying that that's that's yeah. what it seems like too. But you have this. You're also aware. I'm aware that that yeah. This is why the Roman Catholic Church has done so much with Peter. The Peter yeah. is, is the is the is the basically the Pope uh, in uh, out of Rome. Mm-hmm. And you know you want I I I, I, I just wanted to avoid that thought altogether. To say that's not necessary to go there. He just sure. it just happened to be where where it seemed like a lot of scholarship lands that he happened to be writing from Rome. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's interesting too because so much of the it, it doesn't not neither one of the messages really hinged on any one of those pieces of scholarship, but it is interesting that when we're prepping messages, these are the kinds of things that were presented yeah. in the commentaries and in and in the other source material that we're working with. Like you, you mentioned Eusebius and some of the church fathers and things like that. These are the things that we wrestle with and then you have to land it and say, "Okay, these are interesting facts." But what is the heart of what matters is that Peter is writing in a context of that that's that's in a non-believing context. Right? So where, whatever wherever he's at, he's leaving, writing from a non-believing context, writing to people who are also in a non you know in a context where they're surrounded by unbelievers and surrounded by persecution. And you mentioned Ed the 
the Nero, the persecution of Nero and mm-hmm. things like that, which was to come. And, and I had mentioned that in previous messages as well, that that was there. But um, the idea is that it's landing on this point of there's suffering, there's persecution, there's hardship, which both of you guys talked about. But in the middle of that, the, the overwhelming uh, fact of life is that Christ Christ has has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again, and that is where we 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 place our hope. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting too, you know, Ed, when you're when when you're putting out, you both have three points. Very Presbyterian. We're going to have three points of <laughs> emphasis. You both had three points. Ed, you your your uh, your your points were were more. Um, there was there was some. Eff- affective sort of uh, call like to, to be humble and then you go in all I, I did appreciate the end of the sermon the reference to Bill and Ted's excellent adventures <laughs> I give my wife hey, total wait, credit you know, we, had some, we had some good you had some good movie references there it's absolutely yeah. yeah you got, you actually highlighted uh, two two of my favorite movies uh, one is far more serious <laughs> than the other yeah. started with Gladiator end with Bill and Ted that and the air guitar don't forget yeah, I did the air you guitar you actually did the air guitar Guitar, which, kudos to you. I don't know that I'm brave enough to do the air guitar. Um, but and after ha- our conversation earlier that week, I, I thought I thought I might hear um, um, Three Amigos in there. As, well, as well, that'll be next time. <laughs> so that was the cutting room floor. But you have this idea of like the humility, the alertness, and then the the relationship, which is these have been themes that we've we've touched on throughout the series. And John, yours was similar in, especially in the stand firm reference. Mm -hmm. You know, I I thought both of you guys really hit that idea of in the middle of the hardship and the suffering because of the hope we have in Jesus Christ, we stand firm, but you guys took different angles with it. You took the alertness angle, you took the, the stand firm angle. So when you're thinking about the alertness piece in relationship to the, the threat of Satan, which is what, you know, what what Peter's talking about there? What was it about that idea of alertness that really uh, kind of captivated you and captured your attention there, Ed? Yeah, I think, uh, and it goes right along with what John mentioned in the Ephesians six passage. There, we are in a spiritual warfare. Yeah, and often we just forget to remember that, yeah. uh, and so that's the important part of that. Is you know part of part of suffering. Uh, we can assume that that's part of the battle, yeah. and part of that suffering is God's uh, maturing us, growing us, causing us to stand firm, allowing us to grow in that hope which is in Christ. And I think, again, in, in the Peter passage in chapter 3, where he talks about giving account for the hope that is yeah. in you, it's yeah. only when unbelievers can see our lives in the midst of a suffering situation and see that we have a hope that is in us because of what Christ has done that they begin to ask the questions that Peter talks about in First Peter chapter 3, make a defense for the hope that is in you to those who ask. Yeah. And he assumes you're going to be living among unbelievers, that they're going to see your life, that they're going to see you suffer, that they're going to see your trials and tribulations, and they're going to also be able to see that you deal with them differently because of who Christ is in your life and what he's done in the past and what he's done in the future. So with me, the resist angle came all the way back to that and the idea of we're out there on the front lines in a battle and, and people need to be aware that we're in a battle because a lot of times Christians forget that. I do. Well, I, yeah, and, and we get and we get, we get get the opposite of alert, which is we get apathetic and we get comfortable and we get, you know, sort of, you know, there's this, there's this almost, it's like this mundanity that we carry with our Christianity. And you talk about the alertness and John, you did bring that Ephesians six passage, that, that idea of we are in a battle. And I loved that, that kind of idea. And then pushing back 
to the the the, the Exodus piece as well too. Mm. Yeah, it was interesting to me that 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 Peter went there at that yeah. point. Did, did you feel that way? Because really, up to that point, you got the sense, and I said it that the, you got the sense that the things that these people were struggling with were their neighbors yeah. or their family members. And Peter, find, right here, he the elevated end, he, it. Right here, he's like, okay, let's ratchet this up about a million yeah. times right now. And said, not only do you have to deal with that. But you and and that they're going to be influenced by this other thing that's going on at this other level. I one of the things I was going to say to you, Ed, is that um, it's it's for me for me listening to you was kind of fun, knowing that Zach and I, who are the regular you know characters who show up week in and week out, can say you know Satan is real. You, know, you need to be, be prepared, be alert, things like that all day long. But you come in here. And you have your voice just being relatively. I mean, you're not a stranger, of course. You've been you're here. You're on the preaching team, but you're not in in rotation as quickly. But you coming in here and saying saying that to to the crowd, it felt like it got heard in a whole different way. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, the guy with the briefcase that comes in off the street has sometimes more credibility, or at least more. You're not quite that freshness. guy, that guy, because yeah. you're still one of us and part of the preaching team. But it did feel like it's that. You know, it was a good reminder, I think, for our people to to hear, and it was good for me to hear it. Just to you know, hey. Things that are going on around us right now in the unseen world, they're real and they're 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 demonic and they're they're uh, they're trying to cut the legs out from underneath the people mm-hmm. of, of of faith. And we need to be we do need to be alert and we do yes. need to stay aware because he is ro- roaming around like a wild lion trying to kill us. Yeah. Well, and 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 I that this is one of the things that we are exceptionally blessed at FPC to have a, a very uh, a deep. A preaching team where we have regular rotation, John, you and I, but then we can pull in, you know, voices, highly credible, highly influential people that can say some things in a, just a different tonality and a different yeah. voice and with a different tenor and, and it, and it reinforces and it, and it elevates some of these ideas. And I think it's, we've been talking about suffering throughout this series because Peter talks about yeah. suffering but when he when he takes that up and says look all the suffering that we experience there it is not just this concrete thing that it, there is a there's a spiritual element that we cannot lose sight of and one of the things John you did at the beginning of your message which which when I I heard your message second I watched Ed's first and I went back around to think you know this. You you talked about the idea that God cares about us, and and I loved how you put in this 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 concept about um, the discipline um, of God is and the and the deliverance of God are signs that He cares about us. Yeah. You know, you pull the Job piece, you pull the Ezekiel piece, yeah. you pull the Jeremiah piece, whereas you know God utilizing those moments of hardship to do something in us so that when we are faced with the attacks of Satan, there is the ability to stand firm. So uh, I wonder if you talk a little bit more about the care of – because we don't think about God caring for us in a disciplinary kind of way. We don't like to think about that. But but I wonder if you talk a little bit about the – absence of those things, the absence of discipline, the absence of of deliverance – on the if we were to th- if we were to think about God not having those those re- uh, realities in our lives, uh, that would not be a uh, uh, that would not be a caring God. Yeah, it would not, it'd be it'd be an indifferent God. Yeah, uh, and that's that's not who God is. And Peter wanted to. It was interesting that he wanted to, to establish that before he got to this. By the way, you got the enemy out there, and he's going to try to cut the legs out from underneath yeah. you. You might want to lean on this God who who is involved and is disciplining you and and is and is delivering you. Yeah, uh, he started with that, and before he got to the message of, of Satan. So, uh, yeah, that, it 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 resonated with me that 
that and again a reminder that yeah god's gonna there's gonna be things that i'm that i'm gonna experience in my life that are not gonna be very comfortable yeah um, well and it's the hebrews 12 you know he it's a mark of sonship yeah in the case of women daughtership you know yeah, the, yeah. you discipline your children yes and uh, that's to get them ready for something more difficult something later more difficult. Yes, i mean that's, that's the thing i think that people don't understand is that god's discipline is not just for the sake of discipline right I mean, when when you discipline your kids, Ed or John, and I discipline my kids, it's so that they understand something greater, that they they have a, a deeper – there's something in their character that's developed. There's something in their, their integrity that's developed. There's something in their attitudes that are developed so that when they face tougher challenges, they know they have been prepared by their loving parent. And when well, anything s- less than that is just is just punitive. It's yeah, just, it's just God punishing for for punishment's sake, and has no no end in in mind. And that's that's certainly not the character of God. Yeah, yeah, and that's why when he gets to this part about Satan, you know, roaming around like a roaring lion, he's like, "Look, you think it's bad? <laughs> like just just Im- just think about the spiritual things that that are actually coming at you, and be ready. Be like you said, Ed. Be alert to those things, and God's discipline is getting you ready for those." Those aspects. This is, like, this is again, and I, I'm I'm such a broken record. This is why it's such a blessing <laughs> that we have two preachers every week, so that people have the opportunity to hear the this full. And I, I don't know if everybody makes the same kind of connections. I, you know, I'm listening to it as a as someone who's going to n- sit down and talk with you uh, both. Um, but the connection points to me are just you get to see what Peter's doing in such a a, yeah. a a profound and brilliant way. And I thought that that was that was really. A powerful point, Zach. I wanted to pick up on something you said earlier with uh, with with you repeated uh, you repeated one theme, uh, and you had said it a little while ago that the reason why we have hope in the here and now is because of our of our both our memory and our and our uh, and our knowledge. Correct. It's our memory of what Christ has done in the past and our knowledge of what Christ is going to do in the future. I thought that was it was it was great to hear it the first time, but when you you said it at least two times, maybe three mm-hmm. times that yeah, you said absolutely, it, yeah. and each time you said it, it's like okay, there we go, that's it, that is it, that's exactly it. So I was very, I found that very, um, very helpful. So for, helpful for me. Well, yeah. thanks. I mean, I, you know, it was a great experience for me, and it, I think it just dovetailed so well with what had gone on before yeah. in the series and what and how you wrapped it up is wonderful. Yeah, and I think as we kind of landed with both sermons, you know, one of the things that that was a good was a great repeated kind of refrain Ed from yours is that how our Christian hope is fundamentally different than how the world thinks about hope. You know, you mentioned you did the the H. L. Mencken quote, yes, um, which I just <laughs> I, I I love that because it just it proves you know this it, it proves the 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 difference in how we even think about the vernacular of hope, right? So that that Minkin is thinking of it from a pathology standpoint, as a sickness almost, right? That it's 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 this this desire for the impossible. And we're saying, no, 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 it's a it's it's certainty in what we know impossible has already happened. Because the fact that the God of the universe comes incarnate in the flesh to be one of us and then gives up his life for our ridiculous like sins that to me is that is impossible but that's where our hope lies and i i love that as you're kind of we're crafting that idea ed were you were you 
was there was there something more to that that you would have said or gone on with given more time? Oh yeah. Well, how long do you have? But, you know, I, I think that I think the three things that any of the uh, New Testament writers look for in any church the marks of maturity are faith, hope, and love. Yeah, and it's interesting if you if you take that perspective, they almost always mention two of those three things in the first chapter, mm-hmm. and they focus a lot of their epistle on what they don't focus on in the first chapter. Oh yeah, and so I, you know, Peter in the first chapter mentions their faith and their love for one another. Uh, but what they needed was hope, mm-hmm. and Paul does similar things in 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 his writings to the churches. He'll in in Thessalonica they they had uh, great faith and they had great love for each other, but they needed hope. So the pro- prophetic passages, mm-hmm. a lot of them are in Thessalonians, and so that becomes again. I said if if one of the writers showed up and, and evaluated our church, how would he? look at it or she look at it it's in areas of faith hope and love how are we doing there those are the the three legs of the milking stool as it were that give a church maturity and a solid platform mm. so yeah i mean you could you could live with go, that for, go, you could go through all the epistles go on and on and on <laughs> with that with that framework in mind yeah and as john as you kind of landed we mentioned this just a second ago you you landed the sermon but then you wanted to land the series something that ed did not have the 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 the, the option to see was some of these hope cards yes, you know, we've right. been talking about these hope cards for throughout the series and asking people to um, share with us their greatest hopes their greatest uh, desires um, for their life for the future and I, I was I was really grateful that you spent some time talking about that because um, we have seen some pretty and I've got I've got a few sitting here on my desk right yeah. now but some of the things that you talked about one there i mean we i don't know how many we got we probably got i don't know maybe a hundred cards yeah. throughout the series um, maybe, and we would maybe. get summaries of those cards written written up and emailed yeah. to us yeah so as, copies as you were looking through those themes and, and you saw the cards themselves you saw the summaries of those cards you know what were you react how did you react to that in the first place and then how did you decide yeah. what you were going to focus on because you really hit three areas um, which i thought were pretty 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 good uh as a pretty good um assessment of the main three areas that yeah. we saw yeah well the the first thing is that uh make no mistake about it that that the people of this this church have something that they long that they are longing for yeah that is that is very and it's evident because they told us yeah. um and so just and just to see that those things were coalescing around these different categories I actually had the fourth one if you count the personal personal um recoveries and things like oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. their own mm-hmm. illnesses and all uh, those were a smaller smaller group i yeah. think but uh and the the surprising um, surprising but not surprising because we've heard enough stories here of how many people were were praying for the salvation of a spouse yeah. for their children who have great raised in the church and gotten away from the church and uh, for their parents because they came to the church without in spite of their parents but they want their parents to come to Christ before they die I mean yeah. all these stories that 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 seemed to be the the ones that they stood out to, to me and so I said well what was on my mind to answer your question was I saw that or I saw the ones where, where they were going through personal crisis yeah and they were longing for a better place better place in life um, and and the others was does Peter have anything to say? specifically yeah. to yeah. those specific situations. So I wanted to b- build that out at yeah. the end. Yeah. And and like you said, you know, uh, as we've read these, there have been some some really heartbreaking... There have been some heartbreaking there ones. There have been some heartbreaking ones. That when people despair life itself, yeah. that's 
that's really hard. And, and of course, they're anonymous, so we don't have a way to reach out to these people. Yeah, and we did that on purpose um, because we wanted people to be, you know, that, that's the thing that this is this is this is the thing people come in and and we're we're not immune to this i think people do this in every congregation in america probably most congregations in the world where they come in with this kind of facade of i've got it everything's all okay i've got it together and and it's because we are somewhat guilty i think all churches to some extent are guilty maybe this is a cultural thing of putting on the, as you talked about in your sermon, Ed, the superficial hope rather than the eternal hope, and and that's why some of these cards to to, to strip away that that um, the threat of being quote unquote known, like identified uh, by that that hurt and that long, it gave people some some leeway yeah. to be able to and to to be able to share that. And I think there's some people that that gave us repeated cards you know that they 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 it was such a big thing for them that they shared it several times throughout the series they wanted us to know that but i think it was important too to see in that collection of hopes that were expressed to, to us as a church is that it's not just that people are dealing with some some personal crisis some existential issue in in their life they were also hoping for certain things to happen hoping for transformation so uh it's not to say that everybody was walking in burdened down by by life but it's to say that their their the the longing and the hope was for some positive as you were defining ed positive outcome would happen in this part of life itself yeah and so they weren't personally like burdened down they just had this longing inside of them yeah yeah, and I think Peter is such a helpful person because his his life, as you study him in the Gospels, uh, was was really in a roller coaster of yeah. emotions. He he ran the gamut from yeah. you know you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Peter, you're great, A plus on that yeah. test, and then very next a week pre- later, get thee behind very, me, Satan. Yeah, yeah. He's the past. same guy. I, love it. I don't even know uh, the man. I'll never deny you, and then he denies Christ. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll cut off the ear of the servant of the priest. At the same time, Jesus says, "No, put the sword away." Yeah. Uh, so his his life was, I think, so real, and he was so vulnerable and so honest that when he speaks to hope in the epistle, it, it makes it so much more valid in, in my experience. Well, and the thing I loved, Ed, and, and we've mentioned, I've mentioned this in the series, and, and one one of the podcasts I actually said that Peter is my my biblical spirit animal. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but 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 even after even at you know you think so many of the 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 apostles' lives were dramatically different after the resurrection and the ascension, and Peter's was as well. But it didn't stop his up and down kind of thing because yeah, even, even after the that, resurrection, yeah. Jesus Jesus says, by the way meet me in Galilee three different times. They don't go to Galilee. He yeah. finally gets to Galilee and no, nothing much is happening. And so he says, hey guys, I'm going fishing. Yeah, I'm going back to what I know to do because this new life hasn't really kicked in for him yet. Yeah. The spirit of God hadn't shown up yet. So uh, and then yeah. even in his relationship, you mentioned it again with Peter and Paul. You know that there was there was yeah, there was Galatia, a conflict yeah. conflict there with with the Gentiles. And even though even though Peter was you know at Cornelius's house receiving the 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 okay the permission by Jesus himself to you know take and eat and 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 go to Gentiles and but Peter couldn't you know it's that that's what makes that so him such a relevant figure and why this this letter is so relevant because he's walked that and we I don't know also almost more than any other New Testament biblical character we get to see the rise and fall and rise and fall in cycles of Peter's own faith and yeah as the leader of the 12 he uh he got the benefits and the struggles yeah 
I'm it's just trying to think that. about is there is there anyone besides okay Peter, um, of course Paul, yeah. and, you know, doing the things he doesn't want to do, not doing the things he does want to does want to do, you know, uh, Paul, David, yeah, who else fits that, fits that category of man? I can relate to that guy. <laughs> You know, because yeah. because it's the it's the epitome of the human struggle. Yeah, to be a, to be a man of God. When I always think about, I always think about Moses who resists the call of God and and argues with God that he's not that that was very much my own story of ministry calling was I, no I'm not going to do that God not. I'm not I'm not qualified for that I'm not equipped for that and God is literally telling you like no 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 you are you know? Jeremiah might be another good one to throw in the mix as well yeah. yeah most of the Old Testament prophets have well even like Elijah right oh, Elijah my. I mean Elijah has this great success with the Baal prophets and then like two chapters later he's out he's in the wilderness I wish I, I wish I was dead I can't you know I can't do anything that's the thing about I think most people just forget about the the scriptural witness is it's 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 the people that paint uh, and, and the people that act as though Christian faith is this, you know, this really uh, straight line from sinner to righteous, like <laughs> with an unbroken line, they they just haven't even read the Bible at that was, all. That was, I'm sure that was Ed's journey because yeah, yeah, Ed's journey, Ed, yeah. sinless one, Saint Ed. <laughs> but you know, I think that you know, circumstances change and, and the world events change, but people don't change. People don't. change. We're all wired that that yeah. way, and I love that about Peter. We're messed up sinners, right? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if anyone has missed uh, any one of our sermons in this series called Living Hope, uh, you can check us out on fpclakeland.org. Go to the worship page. There's a sermon uh, tab, and you can click and watch complete services. Uh, you will be blessed by, I think, any one of the sermons that have been preached. Um, if you've missed any one of our episodes of Armchair Preaching, be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Be sure to subscribe and be notified when a new episode drops. You can like it share it with your friends there will be no armchair preaching next week i'll be out of town and i'm not going to record remotely from oak mountain state park in alabama because you can't because i can't it's very wi-fi uh uh unfriendly um and cell phone tower unfriendly so we'll be out of town but uh, we'll be back in the armchair to kick off our advent series called peace on earth but for people who are here this sunday it's christ the king sunday yeah. uh, if you don't know what that is uh google it it's really interesting john you're going to be in the classic service Being classic Brian Morgan uh, from See Jesus Ministries is going to be in Vine doing something a little different. I have heard. Um, I'm going to be anxious to see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> That's Brian for you. That's Brian. Something a little different. And then we'll be back uh, on uh, November 27th with a kickoff to our Advent series. I'll be in Vine. John will be in Classic to kick off. Or no, Paul will be in Classic to kick off the I'll Advent be in series. Yeah. No, I'll be in Vine. You're off, I think, on the 27th. Oh, the twenty seventh. Yes, right. See all of our all of our dates. People don't realize we are preaching and prepping seven different sermons right now to get through the Advent series season with all the different things going on. But it's a blessing and a joy to do that. Ed, thanks for sitting in the armchair with us once again. Glad to have you. Thank you. Look forward to next time, John. As always, thanks for hanging out. Good to be here, and we'll see everybody next time.